Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Nordy Latinas Podcast. This is Short Latina, and I am here with my co-host, Samitas. Today, we are joined by Kat Romo, who is a radio personality in California. Is that yes, correct, it is. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Just to give our listeners context of who you are and why you're so amazing. That's so cool. You are an all-around nerd. <laughs> yes. <laughs> First and foremost. A non-binary chickenette. That is a new. Okay. That's a new uh, word. That's awesome. Chicken. Yeah. Yes, I do identify as uh, chickenex. Yeah, as a non-binary person. <laughs> yeah, I am always learning. I and uh, you know, thank you for educating me. And so you have a radio station. It's one hundred one point five KOCI. Um, it's a low-power community radio station located in uh, Costa Mesa, like borderline Newport Beach. I mean, I've been there for a while now. I started like in 2013 with them and I had like a two year break uh, for school and came back. Uh, didn't think I'd be coming back to this uh, this like city, this part of uh, California for, for uh, lots of reasons, but I did. And uh, quarantine definitely had a lot to do with uh, going back and uh, keeping me sane. I go free for basically, I it's a mixture of rock and roll, of blues, oldies. Just a couple of weeks ago, somebody requested a cumbia. I was like, yes, let's do it. <laughs> so it's, awesome. I, I like it because it's just, um, it's totally uh, free form. And most of it goes just like, it is completely live and just the way it goes. Uh, people call in to like request. I encourage requests because the participation is more fun and just makes it go a lot um, smoother, like an interactive, if that kind of makes sense. I don't know. I, I like it better. Um, yeah, it's kind of like an homage, I would say, to like uh, L.A. radio from the 60s and uh, the 70s. And it kind of that kind of died out in the 80s because um, it used to be a lot more where the DJs kind of had more control of what they could play, what they could say. I mean, besides, you know, not cursing and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, it was a lot more a lot more free form and till it got like super corporate during the 80s but yeah <laughs> so that that's kind of when i <laughs> when i had the opportunity to do that i was like yeah that's my focus has always been in uh, like being involved in nonprofit media and so having control over like what what i can play and what i can say really is kind of really cool it's just the it's a lot of agency that uh, that they give me and i really I'm doing my best to, you know, take advantage of that and use it for good. Um, I don't know. I mean, I have my different ideas of what that means. But for me, music mm -hmm. is my primary, like, form of therapy, I would say. And and it just everybody loves music. So I'm like, you know, it's cool to have a space where we can just, you know, share, share what we like about music. I get to even, you know, listen to the songs that we really connect to, whether it's lyrics and uh, just the love for music, and which is weird because, like, mm. in my show, I I really don't go into like all this music history and stuff. I mean, sometimes I'll like kind of drop that in there, but the reason why I mentioned that is because I just go with I rather would focus on just the love of it, on the love of the music in the moment. <laughs> so whatever you're vibing in, the yeah, moment you play. yeah, that's awesome. Talk about. Another passion of yours um, and mine. I don't know about Sabritos yet. Me. We'll get her. 
growing on me. <laughs> but and and the topic is uh, Star Wars representation, uh, the Star Wars world. I don't know how many of our listeners are actually uh, fans of Star Wars or you know science fiction or Star Trek or any of that, but. The reason I I really wanted to do this episode is because I just don't see myself in a lot of these the movies that are that are out like Marvel you know the the Marvel world there is no Latinx representation really um, I don't see myself in Lord of the Rings I don't you know and and I I'm just trying to I guess create a conversation create conversation and so thank you Kat for joining us but yeah let's get into it. Let's get nerdy. Yes. And uh, first of all, like I do want to say, like, thank you so much for, you know, letting me even be on here and getting to to have this nerdy conversation with y'all. I mean, who else are we gonna have have the, this like nerdy conversation <laughs> with? Some people are like, it's science fiction or fantasy. George Lucas defines it as a space mm-hmm. opera. How would you define a cat? I would. I'm definitely going to go with the space opera and the like the science fiction part of it um, because just I mean even thinking of just like the opera alone and the music it's just a whole like package Um, just a completely different world you can actually you know pretend you're a part of or or realizing that you know that this world is legit so you know I don't and I think it's mostly because of of just like the characters that like their journeys and things like that. It's definitely science fiction. <laughs> it's such a huge topic. And I don't want to get too much in the origins of Star Wars and the, and the, and the world building that it takes to create such an amazing world. Uh, all the elements um, that make it so. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Those movies are very long. And I fell asleep mm-hmm. every time. <laughs> <laughs> really good movies yes. to putting me to sleep but I do understand the hype now that I've s- watching a whole season I've watched man I binge watched Mandalorian and so <laughs> I can understand the infatuation with this you know alternate universe and so it is a galaxy far away uh, that was created by George Lucas I mean for those that have not seen the movie it is basically a story of a hero's journey, right? The concept of good and evil. Um, there is a lot of religious and mythology motifs. There's all those religious references and just the story of, you know, of a hero and and even like the heroes and villains and good versus, you know, good versus evil, good always wins. And then really just like the journey of it all, like in between that, <laughs> like that battle, uh, whether it's like, you know, characters uh, finding themselves during those times, like during that journey, or I was going to say some stuff about like the endless plot twists in Star Wars, which I think also makes Star Wars what it is. Mm-hmm. And so people, <laughs> people also are like, how, why does it start in episode four, New Hope? There's a whole reason behind that, but the the first movie that was released was the new was New Hope, uh, episode four, in 1977, and mm-hmm. it the characters are predominantly white, and so I can understand as a Latina not yeah. feeling compelled to watch um, that. <laughs> this is gonna sound terrible, like, but like um, the. 
I was first introduced to the Star Wars like world when I was, I want to say like my, my late teens. So even then, I feel like it kind of took me a while as well. And the only reason that I did was because um, at that time, like it was actually a a white male friend that introduced me to it. So <laughs> so it wasn't like you know and. That, yeah, that was the way that I was introduced to it. And other than that, I never really had an interest in it. And then I started talking about it with my, my dad and, and my parents, mostly my dad. Um, you know, both of my parents are from Jalisco, Mexico. <laughs> and like I used to tell, I used to ask them, like, so, you know, when did you first watch Star Wars and stuff? And so during the 70s, like, yeah, he said that everyone watched it, like all his friends and stuff and just how like, I guess how international I guess it went, but as far as like, yeah, the lack of representation in the films, yeah, that's really real. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. definitely not um, inclusive. Basically, like your your entire like international audience. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it, I I really like that you asked your parents because I did mine mm-hmm. too yesterday. I was like, I was telling my dad how there's lack of representation, mm-hmm. and he was like. You know, when I watched it, I didn't care yeah. because it was Hollywood. It was an American movie. <laughs> like, it was supposed mm-hmm. to be white. Yeah, that's what my, my father said. He was like, you know, I didn't question it because Hollywood movies were the mm-hmm. best thing that could come to Mexico. And so we wouldn't question it. We'd just be in awe. Of yeah. The, we've never seen those um, those effects, those movie effects. And, you know, was very revolutionary in in the models and uh, just in the inventions he, ha- he had to create to make such a movie. Um, so he was like, I was just in awe. I was not looking for a Latino or a Mexican man or anything. But now we are in need of more representation. And not that it's there is no representation <laughs> in Star Wars, because I don't want fans coming at me and be like, well, actually, mm-hmm. I know there are some people of color in Star Wars now. Um, but I want to get to that later. And so going back to the timeline, 1977, um, we have, you know, like we talked about, predominantly white male roles uh, in, in the movie. However, there is one major Black voice yes, that was not known in the time. And that's, of course, Darth Vader, James Earl Jones. He was, he is Black. But yeah. he was portrayed by uh, multiple white actors. Jones wasn't able to actually like act out that part or not even like given as much credit, uh, which is really weird because it just kind of goes on to, you know, this, how can I phrase it? Where it's like, I'm going to relate it, for instance, to rock and roll and music. Um, you know, a lot of rock and roll music, you know, all of the rock and roll music comes from like black folks. Mm-hmm. It comes from... Um, you know, black musicians, you know, where there, where it's like uh, the blues coming from like Louisiana and, you know, this, this was their music. And the fact that, you know, then you have uh white artists, you know, saying like, it was actually like good. Like, why don't we make our own version of it and, you know, make millions. And they did, you know, um, you have a lot of these white bands, like playing the same music that these blues artists did. And, and those blues artists not getting any credit at all. So it's kind of like, you know, yeah, taking that credit for something that's not theirs and uh, profiting off of that, off of like black folks and people of color's talents. And, 
it's just really interesting how, you know, I don't know why I came up with that. Why I kind of thought about that with the same thing with James Earl Jones. It's like, yeah, I mean, the dude has an amazing voice, period. <laughs> it's it's amazing. And then yeah, he's awesome. to <laughs> have like multiple white actors play out Darth Vader kind of says like, you know, wh- why not use James Earl Jones? Like, is that what they were trying to, you know, sell to audiences? You know, like this uh, white male character with authority, you know, um, yeah, it's, and then you mentioned something right now about like the, yeah, the more most current movies right now being uh, more diverse and stuff. I can definitely see that. However, like what kind of annoys me in these films is that like these characters lack a lot of like, um, <laughs> Like, they're not dynamic characters. They're really just, like, you know, like, one-faced characters. And, like, it's... I kind of feel like, yo, like, if these are, like, writers, you know, coming up with these characters, like, you should at least give your character some depth. And especially if, you know, you're trying to appeal to a diverse audience rather than just sticking to, like, I don't know, like, seriously, like, just one stereotypical Mm -hmm. thing about that character. Because it's, like, it's just done so poorly (laughs) that yes yeah oh yeah oh don't get me started on the newest movies the latest ones you you're not lying the writing could have been so much better but from 1977 to episode 6 1983 uh there was really just one black actor billy d williams who played lando Besides that, every other character of color that has, you know, that has a storyline of oppression uh, that is seen as a minority in this Star Wars world is is played by people of color, but they portray aliens and they almost have, um, Mm -hmm. they play into the stereotype almost of a race. And we can, we can dig, you know, dig deeper into that another time. But for example, the um, dancer Ula, uh, played by Femi mm-hmm. Taylor, um, she was sexualized. You know, it, it was a sex symbol, um, and, and she was portrayed like an alien. And it was, so, it's not really a mm-hmm. character of color um, as a race, more like as an alien race, right? Um, so, just one major character, person of color, uh, from 1977 to 1983. If you don't count those that are being voiced by people of color characters. Um, then 16 years pass, and then we have episode one, The Phantom Menace, and we see a little bit of a change, a little bit more characters of color. You know, we have Mace Windu, we have uh, Jedi uh, Adi Galia, uh, played by Jane Clark, um, we have Captain yeah. Panaka. So we have a little bit more of a diverse cast. Then 10 years later, then we have Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, The Rise of Skywalker. And then we're like, okay, this is something. And you mentioned it, you know, when the first when the first trailer dropped of Force mm-hmm. Awakens and Finn, uh, played by John Boyega, is seeing the first yeah. screen, the first scene is him as a stormtrooper, right? Taking off his helmet, and you see that it's a black actor, people were upset. And I don't know, you know, for those that mm-hmm. remember um, 
the controversy, unfortunately, mm-hmm. that it created. What was the controversy? What was going on? <laughs> I remember, like, just the first thing coming to my mind was when I watched that scene of him taking off his helmet. It was like, why is it that? Um, why is he being portrayed in a negative way? <laughs> why is he the one? Like, oh, I, I'm like. I'm doing evil. I'm doing wrong. I want to change my ways as the, as the film goes on, you know? And like, that's, that was, that was my thing when I first watched it was just like, why is he being portrayed as like an, an enemy as a stormtrooper, especially, <laughs> you know? Um, mm-hmm. And, and yeah, just watching him, like, mm-hmm. like his mission was to get better. And I was like, um, how is that i don't know like how is that even empowering at all for <laughs> for a person of color like what kind of message is that you know uh is is that um you know sending out sending yeah and everybody had different takes on it like because i mean a trailer you don't really know what the arc of that character is going to be there was multiple takes on having a black stormtrooper yes. there were people that were saying well why is a black man representing their stormtroopers who are inherently yeah. evil. And, but also there was also people that were racist of no, a stormtrooper should not be black. Um, mm. There was so many mm-hmm. things on it. And there was an article that I found that it was it, seeing one sort a stormtrooper um, that is black made this person question whether then all stormtroopers were black oh. that are working for the government, the empire to basically do their bidding to kill and, and to destroy, you know, worlds that they want to take over. And so the, 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 this uh, article was saying, well, then is it saying that all stormtroopers in, are black and they're being used in control? <laughs> That's such a good, like point. Yeah. It's really troubling. <laughs> it- that's why, like, I seriously think that, like, yeah, there's definitely, like, two two conversations about it as far as, like, you know, there is, um, you know, diversity. I mean, like, to the eye, you know, but then when it comes to, like, the actual content, that that's how I kind of learn, just figure out, like, hey, that's that's not the best way to to represent a character like that's just just not how you're supposed to do it yeah yeah and that's what i was going to get into next where where we're like okay finn at least we we wanted a person of color to be uh you know playing opposite Mm -hmm. of someone white which finn was doing right playing opposite of 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 uh, daisy um Mm -hmm. of ray and we're like okay Think like that's good. Hopefully he has a fleshed out story. Hopefully it's not a love interest mm-hmm. only. Um, you know, we wanted to see that character. And then he was possibly force sensitive, uh, which was like cool. And then we get to The Last Jedi where uh, Rose Tico was introduced. Yeah. Um, Vietnamese character, uh, Vietnamese descent and her sister Paige. And they actually have a very, very interesting and fleshed out life in the comics and in the books. That she's a talented mechanic who figured out how to do some shit that no one could. <laughs> and then they put her in the movie, mm-hmm. played by Kelly Marie Tran. 
And then people get upset again. Yeah. Right? People don't like the the last Jedi for so many reasons, which now they're like, okay, wasn't that bad? But for so many reasons, and she gets bullied online. She gets bullied to the point where she has to like delete all social media. And then you see those kind of racist ideals come yeah. up again. The saddest part is what you said that their story is not fleshed mm-hmm. out, and you wonder. And then the rise of Skywalker, the latest movie whether it was Disney just kind of cowering to the people that got upset and just giving Rose Tico the short end of the stick and then Finn having him walk around chasing Ray around, just yelling Ray. Yeah. yeah. That was so sad. Please talk on that. Yeah. So, I mean, seriously, when the, when the control was kind of given over to, you know, well, it was given over to Disney and like J.J. Abrams, like – seriously um the everything was just kind of screwed over um it was screwed over <laughs> because yeah <laughs> like it's almost as if like why didn't like you know the first films that were created like those those stories they were actually you know they were actually very like you said they were very fleshed out like and i'm gonna put it in the simplest terms just because that's the way i understand it better just you know those first original movies like everything is just so um strategic like everything leads to one thing and you know and it's just extremely strategic especially with like characters and everything and then when you know disney came over and took you know that star wars franchise and they kind of started turning it into you know something super just so basic for me it's kind of like insulting it's like that's insulting to your audience like basically you're thinking that your audience is stupid like why mm-hmm. um like you're i don't know but when it comes to like filmmaking it's like you have to realize that you're like your audience is intelligent and they're gonna anal- they're gonna analyze you know they know what's going on so if you you know, if you, that's, I don't know, for me, that's super insulting uh, for, you know, do, creating that for an, or an audience, which is it's the Star Wars audience. Come on. <laughs> it's like, how yeah. do you do that? But they did. And of course they <laughs> did it, you know, for, for money, you know, just watering the whole shit down. And, um, and people still go and stuff because I mean, they're, I mean, I still go. It's not the same as those, as those original films. And I get and it. And it's just, it's, it's the writing. <laughs> Honestly, it's yeah. just, it's the, yeah. Too. But then in my mind, it's like, again, and it's like, for me, it's like, well, who is writing these, you know, who is writing these stories? Who are the people that are, you know, behind these, uh, uh, newer films and even the old ones too like who who were the people writing them and you know obviously were predominantly white men <laughs> change your people up you know when it comes to like the directors and the producers you know mm-hmm. i mean it is 43 it is 43 years of influence from 1977 to tw- mm-hmm. 2020 because star wars is still mm-hmm. producing disney it's the yeah, money maker totally. star wars always make money i mean we're having sabrina watch the mandalorian and she's like okay I'm yeah. um i'm too poor to watch the mandalorian on disney plus i'm still <laughs> on my free trial <laughs> same same here so you really <laughs> i really like that point that you brought up kat about 
not only the lack of representation within the Star Wars world, mm-hmm. but also within the production of it, which kind of makes me think, you know, you have these cis hetero white men writing these scripts. Yeah. Are they even capable of writing exactly. a dynamic person of character? Exactly. Um, and is that is that even possible if you're not incorporating people of color in the production of these films? Yeah, I don't think it is. It's <laughs> it absolutely isn't. Uh, that's why they. That's why these characters are like portrayed the way they are like the actors can only do so much I feel (laughs) and they've done their best like seriously I you know we know that they've done their best but what they were given was kind of like the story that and stuff they had to work with was like I don't even know how they made it work but the thing is this just just I'm I'm not kidding like if you were to change up your production all your directors and your producers you would get a much like deeper and richer world because these experiences would actually be coming from real people um rather than just like oh you know let's maybe read a book (laughs) or or you know or you know you can't like that that cis like hetero white male like will not be able to portray anything else uh rather than their own world and absolutely yeah like that's that's just um I don't want to make it sound off topic, but that's something that I've kind of been, well, that I have been doing recently. Is like, I'm just, I kid you not. I, I am very particular with what I watch um, and what I listen to. Um, and that's just because I'm more interested in like who is creating this content uh, rather than the content itself. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you, get to know like who is you know behind this then you, you get to much like deeper sense of what it's supposed to you know mean and and your message just gets across a lot you know um effortless like it takes it's just less effort to to just get your message across because it's like hey i believe you because you know that's that's real and you guys talk i'm gonna i'm gonna play devil's advocate over here mm-hmm. because yes i mean everything you're saying is correct, Kat. Um, However, even though we have male writers and male directors, the person in control of the creative control of Lucasfilm is a woman, a white woman, Kathleen Kennedy. Mm -hmm. She is in charge of taking the story wherever it goes. And it was such it was such a missed opportunity in so many ways with so many characters that you just wonder what happened, right? Wait, yeah. Why? Why? You know, you could have, I mean, I want to go back to not only Rose Tico, not only Finn, but we, Oscar Isaac as well, who's a Cuban Guatemalan descent. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he was hinting at, you know, being the love interest for Finn, for Poe and Finn to, to have a, a, a love in, to have a love interest for it to be, the first LGBTQIA character that has a main story in the movies. I know that there's um, LGBTQIA characters in the books and comics, but this was on the screen and they cowered again, Disney. Mm -hmm. And instead of making it an actual story, they just had a quick clip of two um, rebels kissing at the end of the last Jedi. No, I'm sorry. At the end of the rise, the rise of Skywalker. I don't know if you all that, can. <laughs> but 
so many missed opportunities. You're like, what what are they just what are they saying with that? Like, here you go, just leave us alone. Shut up. Exactly. We're not gonna move in and after and po gay, but here here's two women. Yes, yes. And then <laughs> what's even more troubling is like, yeah, let's have these, you know, let's have this, let's throw in that representation, have these two women kissing, and then like, you know being at that just the idea of having two women kissing within like the star wars world it's kind of like i wonder who is this meant for right like who is supposed to enjoy this mm-hmm. and i'm like is this like you know straight white men who's supposed to enjoy this rather than like actually le- having a legit story behind them and and having that true like lgbtqia like representation <laughs> it's just kind of like who being yeah. made for i thought it was kind of an insult like we are not asking for people to make out exactly. on screen. <laughs> yeah. We're asking for characters that have dreams and mm-hmm. hopes and conflict and just more than than just a, a love interest. You know, even if they, I don't know. Anyway, I want to do, I do want to move on. I think we shit a lot on Star Wars. And... Man, fans are going to come after me. They can say things and I'll be like, sure. (laughs) Maybe not. I think it is still an important conversation. We talked about how the movies in the 70s were predominantly white males. Mm -hmm. And you talked about how once Disney took over the Lucas films, it just kind of went to shit, you know, mm-hmm. for the for the new trilogy in a lot of ways. Not every way. I think I think there's a lot of good things in those movies. Um but anyway, I do want to get into the into the shows that are that did make strides to to bring diversity mm-hmm. um of of the TV shows and the comics that are you know breaking way. And the first one that comes to mind is Rogue One. Um I don't know if Kat and Sabritas, you've seen Rogue One, but I think it's one of my favorite of the movies that came out from Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, Rogue One was a very diverse cast. I think the the characters could have been could have had more been more flesh, but it was it was a, a step forward. It was a step in the right direction. I think. Maybe Kat <laughs> Let's get back into Star Wars. I do have two more points. One being, I mean, I have so many points. But <laughs> Let's hear them. <laughs> I want to be clear, like, we are not saying that there are no female writers mm-hmm. in, on, you know, part of the part of or female directors. There's actually one female director that has um, directed some of the Mandalorian episodes. Yeah. Um, there is Jennifer Mudo, who um, uh, sh- she's a writer for Marvel. She's a writer for Disney Plus. She has a show coming out. She has written episodes for uh, f- for Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, for some of the shows. So uh, we're not saying that there is no female Latinx writers or there is no like we're everywhere. Okay. We're everywhere. Yeah. The point that we're trying to make is that in the film, when it comes to the big screen, there is lack of representation. Disney, yes, has made, you know, some some sort of effort to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Kat. Yeah. They have made some effort, but there's still a long way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so 
Yeah, no. So I was going to, we, we left off also talking about Rogue One, how it was a very diverse cast with Diego Luna, who is now going to have his uh, spinoff show mm-hmm. um, on the character Casey and Ander. Um, hopefully, like I was telling Sabritas, um, hopefully it's a diverse cast. Hopefully he has some say. Yeah. But he's also a male Mexican actor, but he's light skinned. Yeah. I mean, you know. They're one of the major three of the major groups that are that need more representation. Not that there is no representation, but that need more representation, better storylines across the board in the in the Star Wars universe. Um, and that's the LGBTQIA, black women and women of color. There is there are some characters that um, represent those communities, mm-hmm. but it's predominantly in the books, in the canon books and the comics. We have Sinjir, who is uh, LGBTQIA plus um, as part of the comics. He does have um, a gay relationship with another man in the comics. We do have some black women. Um, her name is Dr. Afra. She's an Afro-Latina, actually, who goes on missions with Darth Vader in the comics. Mm-hmm. So, like, we have cool storylines, right? My yeah. question is, is Disney going to do anything with take them further than the comic books, right? Yeah. Um, you know, what's really interesting is that um, I like how like these comics and these books and like basically just a, a lot of I want to even say like fan fiction has a lot more substance to it. Um, and that's it's just because it's like sometimes I feel like what if that's the case just because like they don't I mean, these comics and, you know, it's you know, it's it's not going to be the same um, amount of audience that you do as like, you know, going going to watch the the, mo- the actual movie. Like you're going to fill up the theaters with these comics. Um, it's just literally like hardcore fans who get this kind of stuff because that's what really um, that's what brings out like that. Um, you know, having that, that that background information about your characters and stuff like that's that's probably what's most exciting. So. I feel like that Disney just has no clue of how to like doesn't trust that you know this the your audience is like is ready for that <laughs> they were ready a long ass time ago <laughs> um you know that, that they're ready for you know to see those that to see that true like substance in these in the movies and having you know more women of color having black women uh being represented on on the, the screen and um you know the lgbtq um a plus community as well and yeah like i'm i'm going to be very honest um so although i am chicanx like i am white passing um and i realize that there you know there's a there's that privilege um and i'm you know I've take, just taken into effect, like right now, what you were saying about, um, uh, what's his name, Diego Luna, you know, being like this, you know, you know, uh, white-skinned character, even though it's like, oh, yeah, he's supposed to represent, like, you know, uh, you know, a more diverse character, the Latinx character. Um, it's it's kind of like Disney. It's almost like Disney wants to just like, oh, let's you know, let's do this super slow, which they are, you know, like let's let's you know integrate these characters like just super slowly. I just don't understand like why, like forty three years exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't get like why um, 
why is it taking that long? And it's almost ridiculous. Like, that's why sometimes I can't watch these new things because it's like, that's just, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Um, mm. And it, honestly, even looking at it through like, uh, you know, as a franchise, uh, you know, aspect, it's like, y'all can make I don't want to say it, but like y'all can make more money. <laughs> if, mm-hmm. if you, yeah, y'all can be making bang yeah, if, more than what the franchise is already exactly. worth. Exactly, and I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's kind of like they like yeah, they don't want to take that that risk, and then just thinking about like how is that even a risk in the first place? Um, that that's what blows my mind when is it going to be just a lot more honest and, and fair with the audience? You know, Kat, what I, I don't mean to interrupt, but mm-hmm. like you just blew my mind. Cause I think you even created an even bigger conversation because you're like, how long is it going to take? And mind you, Disney owns not only star Wars, but also Marvel. Mm-hmm. We just got our first Afro Latino uh, superhero Miles Morales. How long did that take? Mm-hmm. They know that uh, putting putting a superhero of color makes money because Black Panther, obviously. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not even a question about money. They know it it is successful. Mm-hmm. It's it like also princesses. How long did it take to to get um, a black princess? Yeah, you know. How long did it take to to get more diverse? It took for, and that princess was also like a frog for like ninety percent of the movie, and so it is almost like okay, they know it's bank. So the real reason is what it just <laughs> rooted in fucking racism. Yeah, exactly, I was like, that's just straight up racism. Um, fucking racist. <laughs> Disney's fucking racist, and they can listen to this, um, but like. What what other reason is there? Yeah, there really isn't. There isn't. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I like I just to piggyback off of that point. I think Kat, you mentioned earlier about how, you know, who is this content being created for? And are they really thinking about people of color when creating these movies? Or are they thinking mm-hmm. about appeasing, you know, white families? What's the purpose of their script, of their of this production? What mm-hmm. do they want it to represent? And who is their target audience? Um, this can be, like, super controversial. I, I understand that. But it's, like, it, I feel like it's so true, though. Like, you have to be pleasing somebody. and But who is that, you know, again, uh, who are those folks that you're trying to please who's paying your pay you know who's paying you there is so much truth to that what you're saying um i was watching an interview with george lucas and charlie rose and he was kind of just saying how star wars took over his life Mm -hmm. um he was making a point that he will always be remembered by his star wars movies and you know he doesn't have any like oscars he was just saying like you know my movies are popular yeah they're popular and it is so hard for me to make a movie, the movie that I want because I have to follow so many guidelines. Yeah. And he was speaking to that, what you just said. And I just wonder back in, you know, 1970 in the 1977, um, maybe he wanted to cast 
more people of color, but he was not allowed. Now we have to remember that George Lucas' first movie, first movies, they were he was an indie filmmaker, low budget. Mm -hmm. And I believe he makes, correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, but I believe he makes a reference that he is the rebel and the empire is Hollywood. Mm -hmm. I can totally see and that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what happened now is that he, he created his own empire and now he's Darth Vader. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it is now, you know, Disney is the empire. Yeah. To the point that they, they not that they destroyed, uh, they didn't destroy a franchise, but they definitely took it in a direction that didn't need to go. Yeah. Um, they took the characters in a direction that wasn't beneficial to the characters or the communities they were representing. Mm -hmm. yeah. And <laughs> this goes back to what you said, who are they trying to police? I totally love that analogy <laughs> with, with Disney being that like new <laughs> empire. Oh, I mean, I actually <laughs> understood that reference. So I'm kind yeah. of proud of myself right now. <laughs> You know, yeah, you know, and it's just that's why I, that's the reason why I love Star Wars because there's just the fact that there is this, you know, good versus evil, and it's something so basic, you know, just the fact that you know, you know, if if George Lucas started out making these like super low budget films, like he had more like freedom with it, he could. Um, it was just you know, it is rebellious, like you know, you're doing something that's totally like. Um, it's not even wrong to do. It's just like you're doing what you want to do. And it kind of brings up the question, like, why is that rebellious? You know, like, who is, um, who are the folks that really are um, in power and, and um, trying mm -hmm. to keep, you know, people in control? And, you know, we're talking about Disney here. So, like, yeah, even if they are listening... <laughs> Um, Man. <laughs> you know, um, you know, can we, we can curse on here, right? I'd be like, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, I'd be like, fuck you. Cause, <laughs> cause it's like, well said, that's not, <laughs> because it's like, you know, um, Disney is just like this, you know, this huge power, obviously. And then also having them like associated with like just sucking up everything you know and in a way it's like and these they've also sucked us up um because mm -hmm. we've you know we're buying these films we're watching this content it's just it's just a matter of like when 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 will audiences like really realize like yeah the evils behind you know disney and hollywood and i, I to me i honestly feel like hollywood is dying especially right now with covid and that, that could be definitely a great thing. I take my ethics and media like just very seriously because it wouldn't exist without an audience, you know. And since Star Wars does have this, you know, huge audience, it's like that's your opportunity to, you know, create something that's like literally, you know, out of this world um, to really have it like evolve into like in a world like the world that we live in now. And I mean, I don't know exactly what that means, but you know, just being honest with uh, with your viewers. If you can create a character mm -hmm. that represents you, that you would feel represented, that you would see yourself, what character would that be mm -hmm. um, in the Star Wars world? I mean, and there's always fan fiction coming out. Yeah, uh, you know, I I I would say, uh, you know, I would like to see myself. I don't I don't believe I've ever seen myself, and I have never seen myself like in a, a star wars film um and as myself i 
I'm describing myself, you know, at this as this, you know, I don't, and not in a negative connotation, but like, you know, this, uh, I'm fat. So, you know, <laughs> so like this fat Chicanx, like LGBTQI plus like character, um, a non-binary character, um, just, I would love to see myself. And maybe Diego Luna will hear this and put it in his next, next right? show. Right? They're like, oh, <laughs> they're like, we want you to come and be part of this. I totally go down. <laughs> no, I've been like, you know, let me help you with the writing. Thank you so much, Kat, for like really just being part of this episode. It was such a treat. I don't know if you can share a little bit what you have um, going on and how we can support you or how our listeners can support you and your work. Oh, thank you so much. Um, so I'm just kind of like an all around, like, you know, music and Star Wars nerd and um, something that I've been doing recently is obviously my Blue Cat radio show and it's it's not just you know the playing aspect music that I love it's also like uh, again like having that freedom like to to create something that's like really your own and something that's um, honest to people I go on the air on Thursdays from uh, 6 to 8 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time and you can listen online. That's kociradio.com. You can also listen on the TuneIn app. That's probably the best way to go. And it, it is free to listen on TuneIn app and uh, also online. I'm also on Instagram at K-A-T-R-O-M-O and on Facebook under just Kat Romo. That would be the coolest thing ever. And uh, just keep on I, I feel like just just fighting that good fight whatever that means to <laughs> you know <laughs> to a person um just being yourself like I I what I like to portray in these things is just like being myself the best way that I can you know and you know and showing imperfections too seriously because I feel like if folks can just be you know inspired to just be themselves even if it's not popular you know according to you know you know media i mean i feel like media just has you know such a big platform for people to you know to, to share themselves openly and it's incredibly discouraging when you know the people with the big money um care nothing about their audience um mm -hmm. but i feel like if, if people just you know feel inspired to truly be themselves even without that representation like that's inspiring it's, that's inspiring alone because you feel you feel like okay I, you know I am um, I am valid I am myself although I don't see myself on you know on TV or or you know uh, in movies um, or just in you know even advertisements you know um, mm -hmm. if I don't see myself there like do I matter and it's like yeah <laughs> we really all do matter um, it's, you know our time now to like hey, let, let's shine you know and I know there are you know folks who do that who empower others to you know to be themselves and stuff and it's just like you know like y'all like y'all are doing you know such an amazing job <laughs> with like you know with your with the podcast and with the show and you know that alone is just like hey if you know if y'all can do it like we can be part of you know something bigger like you know um as far as media in general, just like, I feel like the more that we stick together, it's like, you know, that, like, you know, like now the force gets stronger, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm, a true, I'm, a, well I'm a true believer in that, you know, I really believe in the force, you know, <laughs> it's, 
it's true. And, yeah. you know, y'all probably saw, but I got like, you know, I got myself this quarantine. I got myself a, a lightsaber and I took myself like a photo mm-hmm. shoot with this lightsaber because of what that lightsaber meant to me, you know, and it means that I can, I too can be part of that universe. You know, I have this meme. <laughs> If, okay. we, if y'all just give me a second, I can look it up, but I really want to read it because I just, it's just so relevant. It's like this little message. It says, crazy how white people can sit through Star Wars and totally understand the point of the rebellion and why the Empire is bad, but let that shit happen right in front of them and suddenly they act like violent resistance is a foreign concept. <laughs> That's perfect. <Literally>. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that was a great quote. That was great. That was funny spot on made total sense to me because i was like yeah dude like it's they're not riots (laughs) you know people are like people are rebelling i don't know that's that's my view you're so right like how do you create a world where you talk about the rebellion Mm -hmm. but you don't have people of color yeah isn't that crazy like you know you talk about oppression but you don't talk about how we have been fighting back. And Star Wars has always made kind of a commentary on society, society ills, you know, representing a fascist government, dictators. But it's kind of um, ironic that it is not using communities of color that have been oppressed this whole time. Yeah. Wow. Super late. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that was a great way to close the show. <laughs> that meme was spot on, <laughs> really summarized yeah. a lot of points we were, we dissected today. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Kat, yeah. for joining us. It was a pleasure. We really loved having you on the show today. Yeah. Um, thank you so much, uh, Short Latina and Sabritas, for like trusting me to be on here. <laughs> and um, yeah, to getting to... Um, to speak with y'all and especially on a topic, you know, of you know, within the media world and Star Wars. And, you know, we did talk a little about, about like the Star Wars music, but <laughs> yeah, no, thank you so much. No, I really appreciate you. it. It was really a pleasure. These trilogies are so... We want to thank Madera Once for allowing us to use their beautiful music. You can find their new EP, Amado, on Apple Music or Spotify. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Join us on our next Nerdy Latinas podcast. Um, it's played. Sorry, you guys. <laughs> <laughs>